This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, you and me, get your calls in right away. I got something for you today. I'm not sure that you all saw. probably didn't see. Uh, concerning the NFL Super Bowl and changes coming possibly uh, for how you view the NFL Super Bowl. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. But before we get to that, and I know I'm up against the Brewers game, and a lot of people are probably watching the Brewers game or listening to the Brewers game and may not be listening to Sparky's Midday Madness right now, but that's okay because I, I want to talk briefly here, uh, first segment at least, uh, about the Brewers 2022 season schedule that was released today uh, earlier. So the Brewers will open March 31st at home against the D-backs for three, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then have a off day on a Sunday, the 3rd of April, and then have the Giants at home for three, and then they go to Wrigley for four and Baltimore for three, and then come back home, uh, and off we go uh, for the rest of the season. They close the season uh, with uh, at home in St. Louis, or at home in Milwaukee, I should say, against the Cardinals for two, and then the Marlins for four uh, at American Family Field. Now, again, is there any guarantee the Brewers are going to be good next year? No, probably not. Uh, do you feel good about your chances as long as you have those frontline starting pitchers in Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta? Absolutely. So I like the fact that you're going to end the season with four against the Marlins. Unless they do something dramatic and spend a bunch of money out of nowhere, uh, I can't imagine they're going to be all that competitive next year either, probably. So that I like. Things... That had me scratching my head a little bit that I don't think I like or I don't understand one way or the other. And and Sam Schmitz could help me and tell me if this exists in today's schedule, but I don't think it does. So I told Gary Leroy, I don't know if it was on the air, off the air, that when the schedule came out, I wanted to see where the West Coast trip was in correlation to, you know, the schedule. Or is it West Coast trip in April? Because we opened up against Arizona and San Francisco. I was like, oh my God, they have to go on the West Coast right away the first full week of the season. Well, they don't. The oddity that I find in this is the way this is set up multiple times, they face a team in the Midwest and then go to the West Coast for a series. So in, let's see, where's the closest example? Or they go to the West Coast and then they come home. So their longest road trip that I can tell um, let's see here. Two, five, eight. Yeah, their longest road trip of the year is the end of May uh, to the beginning of June. That's at San Diego for three. Then there's no off days on this trip. At San Diego for three. Then they come home Memorial Day weekend to take on, or they go to St. Louis, I should say, uh, for four during Memorial Day weekend. And then to Wrigley starting on Memorial Day for three uh, in Chicago. So that's the longest trip. But again, there's the the San Diego trip, and then you come back and you have Midwest teams. So that's in May. Then you look for, okay, where are some of the other West Coast games uh, going to be? Well, you fast forward to July. They're in Minnesota for two, and then to San Francisco for four, and then the All-Star break, uh, which is the week of July 18th. So the All-Star break later this year uh, than we've seen in the past. 
uh, for Major League Baseball. That's going to be in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. So Minnesota for two, then to San Francisco. Then you get into August and another West Coast trip, this time to the Dodgers, but you start off at Wrigley on the 19th to the 21st, then you go to the Dodgers for three. So again, through August, there are no back-to-back series on the West Coast at all. Like, not one. Then you get to September, and there is the kind of West Coast trip, not involving California at all, though. Arizona for four, September 1st through the 4th, and then to Colorado for three, uh, the 5th through the 7th. That's the only time you go on the West Coast for any time of extended uh, play. Uh, And again, times aren't in the schedule yet. They just have days and dates, but no times as of yet. So for me, I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't know if I'll be okay with it come September when you're playing meaningful baseball and all these games count about going to the West Coast uh, in September, but... That's not hanging out in San Francisco or L.A. or anything like that. I, I I think I'm pretty good with the way the schedule's laid out. Sam, do you remember them doing it this way where these West Coast trips are kind of either started with or ended with Midwest cities and you're only there for a series? Not really because I'm trying to remember um, when I went on vacation to San Diego when they were, you know, I'm trying to think like, you know, they faced the Mets and then they were against the Reds and all that. So I can't really remember too many west coast road trips like that where all of a sudden you're going all the way across the country again so i i think you know it might have been happened a couple times this season but i think they're trying to probably reduce on that stuff i really like it to be honest with you i'm a big fan of how that sets up the other thing that i uh, i'm looking at days off and how many days off you get each month you get three days off in april you get three days off in may you get three days off in june uh, then July, you have the long stretch of the All-Star Game. But outside of the All-Star Game stretch, you have three days off. Then in August, now again, now with second half of the season, right? Now they get four days off in August, and they get four days off uh, in September. So I'm good with that too. Give me more off days in the second half of the season after the All-Star break to keep my pitchers fresh, to keep my players fresh, uh, and and let us get through to the, to the finish line of this whole deal. So fan of that. Interleague games. Uh, against, say, the Yankees uh, and so forth that you're going to have. I don't know if I like interleague play in the second half of the year. I know we're going to have that again this year. Um, I, I don't think I like it. I think I'd rather have the interleague play earlier. Because, for instance, the Brewers are taking on the Yankees at home on July 16th, 17th, and 18th. So you're going to have a division race decided for the Yankees or Brewers, possibly, by playing each other in September. For me, these these interleague games should be done by the All-Star break. And the second half of, of the calendar for the second half of July and then all of August and September should be NL-only games and mainly division games, Sam. Yeah, I'm with you on that because, you know, I think it's more exciting too when these interleague games are early in like April or May, you know, when you're just trying to figure out not only, you know, what this Brewers team is going to look like next year, but you're also trying to figure out, you know, what these other teams are still looking like and trying to find their identity too. So, yeah, I'm with you because – when it comes down to September and all that, all you're really looking at is the NL Central. And if you gotta, I know it's gonna be exciting when the Yankees come to you know, American Family Field and all that. But I can assure you that not a lot of people are gonna be caring what the Yankees' record is. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, and there's a stretch here in June, a homestand in June, uh, that is June 20th. It starts. You're home for the Cardinals against four, and then it's the Blue Jays at American Family Field for three day off, and then you go to Tampa. Uh, for another series. So that is going to be a difficult stretch uh, there in June. Uh, And then if you look to July, then you finally get the Twins. But you only get the Twins for two games. And on top of that, you get them in the middle of the week. If I'm the Brewers, I'm hot. Like, I'm going to get people from Minnesota going to come down here and want to see the Twins play the Brewers American Family Field. Having it on a Tuesday and a Wednesday? It's not even a holiday. It's the 26th and 27th of July, and I only get two games. I mean, from a revenue standpoint and, and ticket sold standpoint, I think... You hurt the Brewers there, putting it in the middle of the week. But in fairness, they did it to the Twins, too. Brewers in Minnesota two weeks earlier, July 12th and 13th in Minnesota. So the travel between the cities for games probably not going to be as much because it's in the middle of the week. Now you're really asking somebody to take a, a, a vacation in order to go. Versus if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know maybe you take off Friday, you drive down and see Friday, Saturday, and come back Sunday after the game. That's more feasible. So may not see as many fans 
uh, from the Twin Cities in Milwaukee or from Milwaukee in the Twin Cities uh, in 2022. Other interleague games, Tampa Bay, only two games. Uh, That is uh, August 9th and 10th uh, in August. Not a big deal there. That's coming off of a series against the Cincinnati Reds in Milwaukee. And then the big one is the Yankees. That Yankees series could determine a whole bunch. It could determine a whole bunch if the Brewers are in a tight division race. And you can all but guarantee that AL East probably is going to be tight next year, Sam. It's probably going to matter more for the Yankees uh, than for uh, the Brewers. A big RBI base hit just now. Uh, for the Brewers. I didn't see who it was. I know Wong scored. Was that? Oh, yep, there he is. Uh, Eduardo Escobar with an RBI, two-out RBI base hit to score Colton Wong. Brewers up one nothing now, bottom of three. Don't forget, after the last pitch, we'll make the switch. Tim Allen, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post-game show, driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Affordable uh, family fun. That comes up uh, after the game is done. But overall, I think you look at the schedule, Sam, I'm relatively happy with it for the most part. Yeah, I really don't have too many complaints because, like you said, even when they're going West Coast and all that, when they're coming back, they're kind of in the, you know, like you said, I'm looking at this Dodgers series in the middle of August, and after a four-game, no, it's at home, but, you know, you're going to Chicago, and then you're going all the way to L.A. So, you know, it's not like you're going, you know, from the West Coast all the way back to the East Coast and then back home. There's, It's pretty proportioned, I, I would say. Yeah, because you're going, again, you're either starting in the Midwest on the road trip and then ending uh, in on with one series on the West Coast, or you're starting on the West Coast a road trip and then ending in the Midwest uh, for another series if you have two series uh, when you're traveling. So, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I, I like, too, uh, having the Cubs, multiple series there in August against the Cubs. I like how that shapes up. Uh, the Cardinals, you figure, in Cincinnati are going to be key components in all this. You have two series home and away uh, against the Reds in September, so that's going to be big. I like that. Uh, I I'm mean, excited for that Blue Jays series at home. That's yeah. good. I will be probably buying buying tickets for all those games. 24th, 25th, 26th. The, you are going for which player, or do you just like the team? Well, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Of course. I mean, who's quietly you know putting up a potential triple crown season that nobody's really talking about this year. Yep. And he's only 22 years old, but I also like Boba Shed on there. They got a lot. It's a fun team to watch, but they probably won't be contenders this year. But they'll be probably pretty scary next year, depending on what they do in free agency. All comes down to pitching. All comes down. To they pitching. got Barrios from the Twins. They did. Yeah, Barrios from the Twins. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there is Sam Schmitz. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Coming up next, we're going to tell you more about uh, this apparent plan that may be put in place here in the near future for the Super Bowl. Uh, and how it's going to affect your life and my life. And I'm none too happy about it if this actually plays out the way that uh, one prominent media person is saying it could. We'll discuss that next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Steve Sparky Viper with you as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Let me tell you about my good friends over at Young Express, and then we'll get into this Super Bowl chatter uh, that is out there. Again, a guy that's was pretty much in charge of ESPN is the one throwing it out there, which means I, I'm guessing this has definitely been discussed. It's definitely in circles, uh, and it's probably going to happen. I'll tell you what the plan is coming up momentarily. Young Express coming, we talk about so much, is continuing to grow. Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company, a company that's been in business for over 30 years? Well, of course you would, silly. They currently are looking at company straight truck drivers. We're going to be talking about what a great company this is to work for. Now, go and apply online. These are the requirements. Minimum, one-year continuous straight truck driving experience, familiarity with DOT regulations, clean background, and driving record. Now, what can you expect? Well, 40 to 55 hours per week, Monday through Friday. So, Saturdays and Sundays off. So, you got family, perfect. 99% no-touch freight. Means you don't have to be some big hulking dude. All dock to dock. No home deliveries. Let me say that again. No home deliveries. Health insurance, 401k with company match, and profit sharing. No truck jumping. You get a new truck every four years. Personal days and vacation days. Apply for the position at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success. Drives them. All right. So here is the story uh, that I read uh, earlier today. And I read it and I was like, okay, well, this needs to be discussed. It's at BarrettSportsMedia.com. Uh, if you've never been there, it's a great website. It's uh, all about uh, sports talk radio. 
um, all the different uh, people working in sports talk, radio moves that are made. And they have a lot of great uh, columnists as well that write different pieces for it too. So the headline uh, of this one is, is talking about John Skipper. Now, who is John Skipper? John Skipper is the former president of ESPN and now uh, currently runs Metal Lark Media. Uh, and Metal Lark Media is the one that took in the Dan Levitard show um, and now are working on uh, other ways of making money and so forth uh, within Metal Lark Media. So he's been around a long time and has been very, very successful. So John Skipper uh, told the Dan Levitard show uh, that he expects one of the biggest events on the industry's calendar to experience a major sea change in the near future. The former president of ESPN predicts that the NFL will move the Super Bowl to pay-per-view in the future. The NFL declined to comment on the prediction. Oh my goodness gracious. How do you comment on that prediction? Don't you just say no? But not saying no tells me that obviously it's coming, right? I mean, that's clear. They usually could have said, no, it's going to be on over-the-air TV. We're not doing that. But that's not what happened. Johan Jr. of Johan Promotions, a firm specializing in pay-per-view events for bars and restaurants, told Front Office Sports that a pay-per-view Super Bowl could easily shatter the record for the most viewed and ordered event in the space's history. Mayweather versus Pacquiao currently occupies that spot. The 2015 fight drew 4.6 million buys and generated $600 million. Han predicts that a Super Bowl on pay-per-view could command a $200 price tag. That certainly would be in line with Skipper's reasoning that such a move could take place, which would be to, quote, replace the money someday, end quote. So. When will that day come? It won't be for more than a decade. It's in a new round of TV contracts signed last year. The NFL announced Super Bowl TV partners through 2034. So here's here's my question. If the NFL moves the Super Bowl to pay-per-view, would you be willing to pay $200 like being suggested? Would you be willing to spend 200 bucks to pay to watch the Super Bowl as is being suggested? Again, John Skipper about his... Tied in as possible. Guy ran ESPN. Guy was in all these negotiations with the NFL. Guy knows all the decision makers. Guy knows everybody. MLB, NBA, NFL. It's not like it's some random talking TV guy uh, on TV on you know Fox Sports 1 or ESPN or something uh, talking about this is what he thinks is going to happen. This is a guy that does the contracts, been a part of it. If the NFL moves the Super Bowl to pay-per-view, would you pay $200 like, being, like is being suggested? I, I, I want to know. I want to know if you people will actually pay that much money. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Because for me, I'll be honest with you. If my teams aren't in it, there's no chance. There's no chance. And I realize I do this for a living, and I realize I get paid to talk about sports. I get it. But... The radio station can pay my $200 to watch the Super Bowl if they expect me to watch the Super Bowl. I am not paying $200 to watch a Super Bowl. I'm not paying $50 to watch a Super Bowl. I'm not paying $100, $150. I'm not paying any dollars at all to watch a Super Bowl. Now, if the Packers are in it, fine. If the Colts are in it, my other team, fine. Outside of that, no chance. Not happening, never. Just what I'm missing here, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and you'll tell me I'm wrong. Is the Super Bowl that big of a deal to you where you can't miss it? When it's on over-the-air TV, sure, it's there. And you watch for the commercials and all of that stuff. I get it. But you're not paying for it. Is it that big of a deal that you would pay for it? It's not for me. It, it It's not for me, and it's never going to be for me. That would be like saying... Would you pay to watch the NCAA tournament if that went to pay-per-view? No. Would you pay to watch the World Series? No. The NBA Finals? Absolutely not. Stanley Cup Finals? No. If this is where sports is headed, to where the big events eventually end up on pay-per-view, it's going to be a big problem. Big problem. Because I think a majority of people are not going to pay to watch these events. 
And I think the only way it gets to that point is if TV ratings continue to decline across all sports. If those numbers continue to decline, where more and more people simply don't have, you know, TV in their house and they're using apps and whatever the case may be, and those numbers decline and these older people are the only ones watching them and eventually those older people die off. And now all of these TV networks are seeing their numbers shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and you know these apps and so forth are are ruling the world whether it's Discovery Plus or HBO Max uh, or Disney, whatever, ESPN, whatever the apps are, if those eventually end up taking over and the -the over-the-air stations eventually end up dying off, if that's where this is headed, and therefore you now, in order to make that money back on the Super Bowl, because now you're not going to be charging nearly as much money, and you can't, for Super Bowl ads and so forth, and that's where you rely so much of your money on is charging a ridiculous amount of money into the millions for a single spot in Super Bowl advertising. If that dries up because of TV ratings, then yeah, then they will get forced into probably doing what uh, is being said here by John Skipper, the former ESPN president, and that is simply moving it uh, to pay-per-view. But I I still think that's going to be a fail. I do. What say you? Would you pay money to go watch the Super Bowl? $200 to watch the Super Bowl. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Because I, for one, uh, am definitely not doing it. There is absolutely no chance on God's green earth or whatever else you want to call it uh, that I am spending that much money uh, to watch the Super Bowl. All right, got some tweets coming in here uh, at 1250 AM The Fan that we'll read. Again, if you want to jump aboard, uh, feel free on the phones. All right, some of the tweets coming in here. Let's see here. Good old KS is just, no, it's not happening. Uh, Nick tweets at 1250 AM, the fan. I cannot imagine a dumber move to take an event that is viewed by the most people in the country and turn it into a niche one in less than two years. If you think people are paying that much on a Sunday night, no less, that's wild. Maybe for their team only. That's where I'm at. I'm not doing it. How big of a deal is the Super Bowl to you, Sam Schmitz? Is it big enough to where if your favorite team, which I'm assuming is the Packers, if they're not playing in it, are you paying for it? Absolutely not. And, I mean, the big thing is, too, for me, and especially, like, people my age, too, is, like, we've already gotten rid of the, you know, cable deals and all that, and we've gone to these streaming services and all that. And along with that, especially when you're trying to watch these, like, UFC fights or boxing matches and stuff like that, there's always a loophole with these pay-per-views and like trying to find like a stream or something just to right. watch it. So you don't have to pay the $200. So if it comes down to that, that's what I'm doing. Where there's a will, there's a way to watch these games. No question. A uh, boy tweets at 1250 AM. The fence says only and only if it was the Packers, then I would have many friends over. So it would be $10 a person. That would be the other way to do it. Right. Uh, just another way to get every diamond dollar out of the consumer and complain when no one is watching their games. That is what a lot of people do for boxing matches, don't they? Or for MMA. I mean, I, I don't know about your friends, but I know a lot of uh, the older people. That's what they do. Like Ellerson, he's a perfect example. He'll get a fight or whatever, and then he'll have everybody come over, chip in or whatever else. It doesn't cost him uh, anything, really. And everybody watches it together in a group. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's certainly an alternative. Also, too, like bars, if they stream like some of these fights and all that, you know, they just have uh, admission charges and all that, like 10 bucks and stuff like that. Right. That would be the way to do it. Right. And, and see, and again, if this, I, I wish this wasn't from John Skipper, y'all. I wish. Because it wasn't for John Skipper. And like, Jay Mariotti writes for uh, Bear Sports Media. If, if Mariotti would have wrote this, I would have ignored it and just moved on with my day. But when I saw it was John Skipper, that's when I was like, okay, well, considering who he's connected with and considering who he knows and how well he ran ESPN when he was there and so forth, there has to be some legitimacy to this is in the conversation piece. And then when they no comment when asked about it, that lends more credence to me uh, that this might be a possibility in the next you know, 10, 15 years or whatever. 10, 15 years, let's see. So I'll be, what, 55, 60? Oh, no. No, no, no. If you think I'm old and cranky now, check on me at 60. There's no chance I'm spending that much money at age 60. A, who knows where I'll be working or what I'll be doing, uh, and will I even be able to afford such a thing by that point in my life? Yeah, no. Uh, no. Can't do it. Not happening. Uh, Resounding no. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach. He talked earlier today before their walkthrough, uh, and he gets asked during the press conference, like, 
what do y'all? Because the the walkthrough is happening, and they did not allow fans today, uh, and they did not allow media today. So he got put on the carpet about that. But he also had something brought up about family night, which is coming up this weekend in Green Bay. Uh, and he's thinking about maybe making a little bit of a change, which I think will excite all of us uh, very much so. Like I say, it's me. I'm assuming it'll excite you too. That's coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. All right, as I just mentioned there in the promo for the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow, uh, Packers family night is coming up on Saturday night. Saturday night, uh, the Lambeau Field parking lots are going to open at 1.30 in the afternoon. Parking costs are going to be 5 bucks. first come, first serve. Uh, so that's a heads up on that. Uh, also, there's going to be a family fest going on as well. Uh, at the Title Town Plaza, west of the stadium, from 3 until 7 o'clock. Uh, and let's see. There'll be a DJ, a band, bounce houses, giant games, backyard games, misting tents, a bubble station, temporary tattoo stations, and other kid and family friendly activities. A waiver is required for each person uh, participating uh, in activities. You can get waivers for your family at titletown.com slash waivers and fill them out uh, in advance. So 7 o'clock is what it's looking like it's going to be somewhere around that area. Family Fest going on from 3 until 7. Gates to the stadium will open at 5.30. So about two hours before the players take the field at about 7.30. So that's what it looks like uh, right now. So again, if you're going to a family night on Saturday, get there early. If you got kids and stuff, do the family fest uh, and have a fun time in that uh, Title Town Plaza area. Now, that came up as far as uh, the the family night thing came up. And, and listen to Matt Lafleur. This is very quick. It's only like five and a half minutes. Here's Matt Lafleur from earlier today, and then we'll talk about what we hear after this. So there's Matt LaFleur uh, talking uh, earlier today. So a, a couple of things that stick out to me. Number one, first things first, talking about running 11-on-11 11 11, uh, at family night. Now, I'm assuming if we're running 11-on-11 11 11, that it's going to be helmets, pads, uh, the whole deal. And it's going to be a scrimmage scrimmage like it used to be back in the day. That would be amazing. Now, remember, they're going to have, the Packers are going to have these inter-squad scrimmages coming up here in August where they're going to be scrimmaging against uh, the New York Jets, which should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing those reports from training camp once that happens uh, leading up to the exhibition game. But to be able to have them be in full scrimmage, for me, makes it much worth, much more worth the price of admission. If I'm going to family night and I think I might be able to see 11-on-11 scrimmaging offense versus defense, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. More people will watch on TV, too. Not only will more people watch on TV, but you'll get a lot more chirp out of it, too. Now, that's obviously not the reason you're doing it, but I am very, very excited to hear that they are considering the 11-on-11 scrimmage idea. Big fan. Now, the other thing that LaFleur pointed out there during that presser uh, was the whole idea of why they did the walkthrough, why they weren't allowing anybody in, and and so forth, and it's pretty much a rest day. You can say whatever you want about LaFleur, whether you like him or whether you don't like him, uh, it, to me, is immaterial. To me, the, the biggest, one of the bigger positives about him is he really is a believer. And I guess, you know, you could say similar to a Holmgren or maybe even McCarthy to a degree of trying to keep his guys fresh, of trying not to overwork his guys and making sure they're good. Uh, and I, I think part of that uh, probably came from McVay uh, and Shanahan and, and those guys uh, along the way as he was coming up uh, through the coaching ranks. But I'm a big fan of it. And I would have to think Bakhtiari uh, and the offensive linemen or Kenny Clark and the defensive linemen and those linebackers specifically, I, I think those three groups of players have to all be very thankful uh, that we're not running in pads day after day after day and trying to kill each other. Like you heard Gary Ellerson mention earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Like used to happen uh, back in the day when Bart Starr was his coach. You want to avoid that. You want to avoid, uh, you know, putting your players in a position to where, you know, when you get fatigued or tired, regardless of what sports you're in, you're more susceptible to injury as you're trying to push your way through. Uh, and that's something that you want to avoid at all costs. And I think the Bay Packers, uh, for the most part, uh, under Matt LaFleur, have done a really good job with that. And I, I think that that's something to kind of pat your back on uh, at this point as far as doing that the right way. And I, like I said before, I think the players respect that. 
Uh, I, I got a tweet coming out here from uh, Zach Cruz, who is a great follow on Twitter if you don't follow him. Uh, and he's with the Packers Wire and contributes to Packers Plus uh, as well. Uh, the offensive line might have a few question marks yet, but the Packers offense is going to be ridiculously good again. Scheme keeps evolving. Wide receiver talent is better. Dylan adds some punch. The two best players are playing for their money and their future, meaning Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Offensive line with stars around it should be very good with everyone healthy. I think the Corey Dillon aspect of what this team is going to be this year is maybe being underplayed a little bit. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of, uh, I say Corey Dillon, A.J. Dillon, uh, a, a lot of A.J. Dillon stories to this point. But remember last year, you had Jamal Williams out there taking snaps, essentially, from A.J. Dillon. Then you had the COVID thing and everything else going out with Dylan, uh, and then he was dinged up and really didn't get the run that you wanted to see out of the rookie running back last year. Well, now with Jamal Williams out of the way yet in Detroit with the Lions, now Dylan can get his snaps. And now when you rest Aaron Jones, now you're going to have a battering ram coming. Jamal Williams was more like uh, maybe if Leroy was here, he would disagree with me. He reminded more kind of like a, more like an Edgar Bennett or something along those lines. That's kind of who he reminded me of. Dylan, on the other hand, um, you know, not as out of shape maybe as Eddie Lacy was, uh, but more of a battering ram like an Eddie Lacy. So now, if I can get, you know, Aaron Jones, fifteen carries, five five catches, something along those lines, and then I can spl- uh, splash in there AJ Dylan with ten or twelve carries to go along with his fifteen, and now you're throwing up twenty five to thirty carries, let's say, between the two running backs, especially when you get later in games. And Dylan can really kind of lean on you and pound on you a little bit. I think Dylan's going to be a bigger factor in this offense than people are thinking about. The other thing I'm anxious to see is as he becomes a bigger factor in this offense, and this is more from a fantasy football perspective, I guess, than a uh, regular fan perspective, but does Dylan get some more touchdown carries uh, as far as those goal line carries down there inside the one or two yard line? Uh, as the season goes along. And it's for multiple reasons, right? I think one of the reasons is to save Aaron Jones from the, those additional hits down at the goal line when you're you know, inside the two, inside the three-yard line, uh, to give him that that breather to let Dylan kind of run through guys a little bit. That That's, I think, part of it. And the second part of it is, with all due respect to Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones comes running at you. It's probably going to take one, maybe two guys to try and take him down. If A.J. Dillon's coming at you full steam, uh, you know, say from the five-yard line or four-yard line and running at you full steam, it's going to take probably more than one guy to pull him down. Maybe more than two guys to pull him down as he's really plowing those big legs at you and powering his way in. And if you could give me a fresh A.J. Dillon in the fourth quarter and you need a yard or two, Sam Schmitz, A.J. Dillon's going to be my guy to go get that yard or two. Oh, for sure. I mean, just to keep Aaron Jones healthy, too, is, is I think is the biggest key you know, when you're giving A.J. Dillon reps. And I think when you were talking about before, if he's going to be getting goal line carries, why not? You know, try to keep Aaron Jones fresh the entire season, get him more, you know, passing downs and all that, and then give A.J. Right. Dillon the big carries. Exactly right. So I think A.J. Dillon's being underplayed this year uh, a little bit as far as his impact on this offense compared to what we saw last year. And again, he was out for multiple reasons last year, and you had Jamal Williams. But without Jamal Williams now, I think A.J. Dillon uh, could be a beast this year. Uh, as that other guy uh, to Aaron Jones. Rami Makloff is in the house here in the Lakeland University studios, and we'll talk to him coming up next. Don't forget Lakeland University, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madison, 1250 AM. The fan, if you missed it, we're going to have Donald Driver on the Wendy's Big Show coming up on Tuesday at 1130. Tuesday, 1130, Packers wide receiver, well, legendary wide receiver, Donald Driver, 11.30 on Tuesday, and then coming up on Friday on the Wendy's Big Show, we'll take a tour around the training camps in the NFC North uh, and check in on the latest there. I was listening to our sister station, The Score, uh, the other day talking about the Bears quarterback situation uh, because, you know, Nick Foles, uh, the Colts possibly because of Carson Wentz being down and so forth, and they're having this whole big conversation uh, about what they've got going on there, and then Tevin Jenkins goes down with an injury, uh, their left tackle, so now they're moving a guard left tackle. They asked Nagy, can you play left tackle? He said, I have no idea. I guess we're about to find out. 
Uh, and as they pointed out, encouraging. As they pointed out, probably not good when your franchise quarterback is on the roster now in Justin Fields, and you are experimenting at left tackle with your backup left tackle. He's not going to play at the beginning. Uh, no, no, he will play though this year. He's not going to sit the whole probably. year and watch. Yeah. There's just no chance. Chances I, I, are. I don't care if Dalton and Foles are healthy all year. He's got to play by week twelve, week thirteen. I would have to think. Let him play three or four games on the way out, if nothing else. Uh, all right. Uh, I'd almost rather he didn't. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, from a Bears fan perspective, right, get him as ready as possible. Uh, but it all depends how bad you are. I mean, if you've got four wins, to play him. If no, that's you guys, the wrong time to if play If you're him. competing for no. a playoff spot, then don't play him. I'm, well, not, I'm not throwing well, him out there. Well, I'm not running him out there if I'm competing for a playoff spot because I'm competing for a playoff spot, then whoever's quarterbacking is doing a fine enough job, there's no need to mess with that. You know, it's funny. I was hosting on our sister station, 670 and Score, on Sunday talking with uh, Bears insider Mark Grody. And we were talking about this very thing. And I said, could you see a scenario where they're like, I don't know, not 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 like lighting the world on fire, but like a four and three, five and three football team. The offense is OK, but it's mostly the defense that gets them there. Could you see him making a change at quarterback? And he said he said, yeah, he said, if 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 jo- if Justin Fields, That's I keep wanting early. to say jo- Josh Fields. Yeah. If Justin Fields may, like checks all the boxes that Matt Nagy is looking for him to check. Even if they're a winning team, but not like, you know, a knock your socks off type of winning team, and he sees improvement at quarterback, he thinks he would do it. And they did it last year. I mean, remember when they pulled the trigger on Foles and and Bench Trubisky, they were they they were what, three and two? Yep. Four and two. They were a winning football team at that point. And that didn't work out. That didn't work out at all. So we're gonna go try that again. Yeah. This makes good sense. Right. Good good logic, Bears right. fan. Exactly. Uh okay. So uh what's coming up on your show today? Coming up on the show today, Sparky, uh, we'll keep you company while the Brewers do battle. We'll take you right up to post game with Tim Allen after uh Brewers and Pirates. A lot of Bucks talk. We're gonna talk about this George Hill signing. Does that does that make up for PJ Tucker? That created some interesting buzz on Twitter. There are people that are not happy that George Hill is back, and there are people Who's not that... happy George Hill is back. Oh, quite a few, really, because they blame him for them sitting out the games in the bubble, thinking he was a leader behind all of that. Well, so oh yeah, so, there are okay quite a few people upset about that that they brought him back. So that is kind of why people aren't happy that George Hill is back. There are others, including Dante DiVincenzo, that sent out a meme of uh, a guy celebrating in his car uh, that are excited that George Hill is back. I really like I, it. I really like it. I, I like him uh, as a backup point guard at Drew Holiday. I think that's great. And he knows a lot of these guys on this team. They know him. They know what they're getting. Or at least they think they know what they're getting, I think. Um, so from that perspective, I'd lie. Uh, of the three, that one was the best of the three guys they brought in. He's the best so far. So I wanted Oladipo. I was holding out hope that they still had the mid-level. We don't know if they do or not. But if they did have the mid-level and Oladipo still went to the Heat, that that Oladipo Heat thing, that, that hurt. That happened while we were on the big show earlier today. That, oh, that, that did happen? Yeah, Oladipo to the Heat? One year to the Heat. I did heat. not see that. One year deal to the Heat. I was showering and eating lunch and whatnot. Understand. Getting ready to come into work. Yeah, really? so he's he's to the Heat on a one-year deal. Yeah, I would have liked to see an Oladipo, but just not in Miami. Like, you could have went to Denver. What you could have went cares? to Who cares? Miami is not a threat, dude. This is the same thing I said about P.J. Tucker. I'm glad if P.J. Tucker wasn't going to be here, he went to Miami where they're doing something that is not going to work. They're not. A, they're like they're the third or fourth best team in the East. The Bulls might have yeah. passed a heat. I said yesterday, they're, they're, this was before Oladipo, I said yesterday they're the third team. It's Maybe. Hawks, Nets, Heat. Maybe the third team. No, they are the I third wouldn't even, team. The, the Hawks might be better than, than, than the, the Heat. The Hawks need more. And the Hawks, now that's a team that should do whatever they have to do to convince Kawhi to go to Atlanta. Now, that they get Kawhi, now you could talk about Atlanta being a threat in the East to Brooklyn and Milwaukee as well. Then they're legit. They need a star to go with Trey Young. And Collins, they gave a lot of money to, and he's good. He's not a superstar, though. He's a good player, though. This is actually the other thing we're going to talk about as it pertains to the Bucs. Have, have, have they gotten better in free agency, and has anybody closed a gap on them? You're shaking your head, no, they haven't gotten better? I think they've gotten better. When you look at the production, Sparky, of what they've lost and what they've gotten back, and I know that you can't measure everything, especially everything P.J. Tucker does, and just stat lines and box scores, I understand that. But when you look at the production that they've lost and the production that they've retained and also and also brought in from the outside, it's a better basketball team now than it was when they just when they just celebrated a championship. Rodney Rodney Hood has been good in two or three years, um, and he's coming off of that knee injury uh, from a couple of years ago. So hopefully he gets back to being the player that he was. But he's replacing one, basically going to replace the roster spot of one of those guys who didn't really play last year. He's not replacing We anybody. don't know how the rotation's going to be. I don't know how much he's going to play because if Jordan Wara is 
who I think Jordan okay, Wara fine. is. He's he's he, either but he's either going to take minutes away from uh, Jordan Wara or 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 he's not good enough to take minutes away from Jordan Wara. And either way, it didn't cost you a whole lot, and and you just increased your depth. Well, this no, is no. like what what David Stearns talks about. It's redundancy. And and have and having more options and more and more pieces to work with. Yeah, Uh-oh, we got action. Here. Yeah, Pirates take the lead two one on a sacrifice fly, top of the sixth. Uh, Peralta still in there at eighty six pitches. So we need this game to go for right me till about four o'clock. We, we talk about right hood, if he gets back to being who he was, I'm good. Uh, hood, uh, Rodney Hood, the guy. I don't know what he brings to the locker room. I don't know if it'll be good or if it'll be bad. I don't. I don't know a lot about background on this. I don't dude. worry about this locker room. What are the other? So that, I don't know about that. I have no idea. Um, uh, Shemmy, as Sam Schmitz calls him, mm-hmm. uh, from Boston. I mean, that's his uh, name. Is y- that what Sam Schmitz? Well, it says Sam it's S E. He says it's S H. Well, yeah, I mean, different languages pronounce things right. different ways. Like, I don't know, like Machluf. Yeah, which you don't even say. <laughs> so Shemmy uh, is is going to be there now. Again, this dude is like. You know, chiseled or whatever else, and is He's a built. Beast, dude. So defensively, you hope he can play at least average defensively or above average defensively. I think that's the expectation coming in. And then anything he gives you, shooting the basketball from outside. Uh, will be a bonus pop. So he's kind of P.J. Tucker, except less inexperienced, may not be the leader as Tucker is or as respected as Tucker is. So that's all going to have to come throughout the regular season. So you have that. George Hill, we know what that is. That's an upgrade. So George Hill over Jeff Teague is a huge upgrade. Like I, We can talk about that. I don't care. That's an upgrade. They upgraded the backup point guard position. That's done. The other two, I have no idea what all is going to transpire. This is all I'll say is – I mean. Production-wise, Shemi is P.J. Tucker. Like, they both average about two points and two rebounds a game. When P.J. Tucker lines up against you and you're a player in the NBA, you I said, know I know. You I know said production-wise. You know. Well, yeah, but part pro- of production is defense. So part of what he's going to – when you line up against P.J. Tucker, you know you're in for a fight. When Shemi lines up against you, what are you thinking? Uh, he'll be in here for like, like five minutes and be out of my way, and then I can get on with my game. So for me, it's going to be his development throughout the year. I'm not saying he can't be good. He's young. He's a decade younger than P.J. Tucker. So you can develop him and get him to be that beast-like player and work on that three-point shot, and he could could be a dog by the time you get to the playoffs. And everybody's like, who cares about P.J. Tucker? This dude's a beast. Maybe. I'm saying right now, that regular season is going to determine what the playoff rotation is. It it just is. Jordan Wara. I was going back and forth uh, with with a guy on Twitter and a guy who I highly respect, and he just said he can score, ain't no question. But defensively, will be whether or not he plays, and that's what it's going to come down to for him. So, if he gets better defensively, can he get into the rotation by the time the playoffs get here? Rodney Hood, how well is he shooting the three? Because if he shoots it like last year, he may not make it out of training camp. He was so bad. So we'll see what Rodney Hood looks like. Shemi, that has to be a developmental project throughout the year, and, and see what you get out of him. Mamu, two-way deal, he may spend half the year in the G League. And that's a kid from seeing all that everybody likes. When you put him on a two-way deal, that tells me, mm, you're probably not going to be in Milwaukee that's as much also, as you think. That's also a little bit of roster manipulation. Absolutely I was, re- I was reading that in Eric Name's article sure. the other day because I yep. don't understand rosters and I, I know. I, I've heard you talk NBA. about it, which is fine. Do you? But, uh, no, okay. but, but I know this. If, if, he, okay. if, if they played on having him be an instrumental piece in this rotation, that he would not have gotten that deal. That, that's what I do know. Sure. So from that perspective, we'll see how that plays out. Then you got this other dude from Greece that apparently, according to everybody, he told them, I'm out. I'm going to go play in the NBA. I don't know how he gets on this roster. I have no idea. Like, that has to be a G League guy. But why are you leaving Greece to come play in the G League? I don't know. So you're going so, too deep in the roster to even care. That's what I do. We're talking about the Bucks. You want to just gloss it over and go, ah, they're fine. But I look at no, it and go, I don't That's not what I want to do. There's a lot but going on here. Once we get past here. the eighth or ninth guy, you're good. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Spark is what I was telling people about Diakite and Wara last year. Oh, like, Diakite, I forgot all about him. Uh, He's good. He should be a good player, too, for them. But again, it's development. So now, that's a good one. So now you got Jimmy, Diakite, Wara. <laughs> haven't, even, haven't even brought up Merrill. So. You got those three guys there. No, you don't. If they develop and get better yeah, and get they stronger. Develop, if they develop and get better and get stronger, then that just means that, that you're I an really even better basketball team. Oh, yeah. If those, if those three develop into rotation players, then these old dudes, it won't matter. But, yeah, we'll see. I saw. I, don't, I forget who it was. But, I mean, you're saying, did, did they, did, did they? you know, is it the gap the same or is it less than? Well, the Bulls definitely are much better than no, no, they I were. I want to know, teams teams have 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 Miami's nar- better than teams they were. Teams have narrowed the gap. Has anybody closed the gap? What are we doing? 
Has Wait. anybody caught the Bucks? Has anybody as caught the, the Nets? As the best team in the NBA. No, I don't know if anybody's caught the Nets yet. What we'll do you mean caught the Nets? I think going into this season, I think Are that's... Are you going Max Kellerman on me? I think that's your, that's your favorite if they're healthy. I think it has to be. That's, Even though you're the defending champions, I think that has to be the case. Sam, has he been saying this all day? No, we has haven't talked about it. Has this nonsense all day that we the Nets about are the team to beat? You're the defending champion. Right. Yes. And you're going to have that all year. And until the Nets beat you in the playoffs, you're still the defending champion. Yes. But if you're talking about who's the most talented team in the NBA, not who won the championship, yeah, but who Sparky, is the most talented, it's going to be the Nets still. Those three guys, and I don't I don't they take have to stay healthy though. I don't take any joy in saying this. Just, just like the Lakers. I don't take any joy in saying this, just like I said I said I wouldn't take any joy in, in you getting a stress fracture when you were training for a marathon. And then I did. And then you did. And then you laughed. And I well But you tell me you got no joy out of I, it. Anyways, I, so let's not relive anyway, that. Go ahead. I take no joy in saying this, but I I highly doubt that those three guys will will play together on any regular basis. Which is great. They yeah. did it every once every ten games. Games last right, year. They not, couldn't stay healthy. I'm not saying that to be mean or anything. I'm saying Fact. that I'm saying that based on sample size yeah. and history. They they put a lot of fragile eggs into a basket there in Brooklyn, which and, is and, what the Lakers are doing. That's what the Lakers are doing now. Yep. So that's a huge if. Yeah, that that's a bigger if than anything that the Bucks I are agree. working with. Totally agree with you. I'm just saying from a talent perspective. I'm not saying healthy or not. From a talent perspective, they are going to be the more talented team. The Lakers, from a talent perspective, are going to be the most talented team in the West. Period. End even, of story. I don't even know that the Nets are more talented. Does it mean? Doesn't mean the Lakers are going to come out of the West. They just have name brand. Whatever. Okay, Leroy. Whatever it may be. <laughs> what do you mean, what, Leroy? That, I've been using that analogy forever. Leroy is all about generic name brand. I can yeah. get a Yeti, or I can get this for three dollars, and it's the same thing. Okay. Um, so right, uh, yeah, I know he's right. <laughs> he's right. Not arguing, but I'm just saying I hear from Leroy. He's a better two way player, Drew Holiday or Kyrie Irving. But who's the name brand and who's the generic? See? Oh, Kyrie's the better player. Better two-way player, I said. Kyrie can play defense. Not like Drew. He's not as he physical as Drew. He can't defend multiple positions mm-hmm. like Drew. No. But offensively, he's a better offensive player than Drew. Sure. Uh, not really close. It, no, it's not than close. You might think. Mm, no. Closer than you might think. No. Just saying. Uh, and, he's right. And, and you know what ability he has? Availability, Sparky. Yes. He's always there. That's a big thing. He's always there. That's yes. a huge thing. Also on the show today. No, there's have more. You heard, have you heard Snoop Dogg uh, doing announcing on the Olympics? Definitely not. It's amazing. It's the only good thing. You don't thing. even watch the Olympics. I know. It's the only good thing about it. It's the only thing that- What was he announcing? He, everything. Him and what? Ke- him and Kevin Hart. Dude, they're in a studio and they do this thing. It's for NBC. On TV? Yes. It's, and, no, and, it's, it's not. Well, it's on Peacock. Oh, Whatever I don't got Peacock, is. and I'm yeah. not getting it. And and they so don't talk to me about Olympic basketball because so, I'm not watching. So it. they just play clips of like these random ass sports that nobody cares about from the Olympics, like and, wall climbing yesterday. And, and Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart commentate on them, and it's amazing. It's it's amazing, and they're they're cursing the whole thing. We bleeped it out, obviously, but it's it's so good. I want Snoop Dogg doing an, so announcing have, on everything. You don't have Peacock, so you got this from somewhere on social yeah, media. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. So you're not watching it either. No, I don't watch the ah, Olympics. Okay. Why would I watch the Olympics? Well, for these two, you might. I'll watch clips. Yeah. I get it, I get, I get, I get my fix from that. And also, uh, we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers this afternoon. All that and more on The Rami Show, weekdays, 3 to 6, or until the end of this Brewers game on 12.50 a.m. The Fan, ladies and gentlemen. Are we good? I think so. All right, That's he's coming up right? next. Oh, and Stephen Brault. Have you heard Stephen Brault's uh, music? The guy who's pitching for the Pirates today. First start of the year. He's been out all year. Hurt. Got hurt in spring training. He's got <laughs> he hurt, music. He hurt my eardrums this morning when, when Sam sent me what he sent me. How did Sam know this even Brault has music? <laughs> this oh. was the time for me to step up. This is so not. then why was yes, I so scared? Yes, it is. Oh, so he's like. I was recording face. it for the show, so perfect timing. And what's so scary about that? This is I awesome. So he ridiculous. No, this is awful. So is he like? Does he like do like Broadway acting? Now I must because that's what this is. Yeah, this is it's a musical. Uh, it's titled "A Pitch to Broadway." Up I nice. It's awful. This is good. You're yeah, you're the one. I'm turning you off. I, I want to hear. That he sent his only son to die for my sins, and I believe. He's oh, I didn't even realize it was religious. Yeah. I couldn't get past how awful the music was. I didn't even know this was religious. See, this has nothing to do with the message. I got nothing. I got no problem with him being a Mormon. Did you shut up? 
Man, he keeps talking over my guy. Shut up. There's 12 songs on this album. He's an album? Yeah, it's, this is a whole album. Where? So I can, can I download yeah. it like Spotify? <laughs> Steven Brault, a pitch at Broadway. I wonder if it's on Spotify. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's got to be on Spotify. So last year when oh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing if it's on my Spotify. Last I'm year when uh, Tim and I were doing post-game show, you have to ask Tim. I don't know how he found it, but he was the one to bring it up. So, of course. Well, Tim listens to Broadway music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So now, whenever Stephen Brault pitches for the Pirates against the Brewers, it's just an annual thing. Whenever I'm, you know, on the show with Tim, yeah, we just gotta play some of his music. Hold on here, I want to see if it's help on the man promote his stuff. Is all of it religious? Or no, I got no, problem no, no, with religion no, it's all or Broadway. They're Broadway songs. Okay, can you pull one that's not religious? That for one us to was play about on the being Mormon. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I'll, we'll play like the first minute and a half. There's nothing because I don't. I don't want to make fun of a song where he's What's being it called? religious. Because um, a pitch at Broadway. A pitch at Broadway. Pitch. Yeah, so uh, Stephen Brault. It is! Plus. There it is! Album of Stephen Brault. Heck yeah! <laughs> I'm playing this in the office. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I, with all the, I love your show, but what I'm listening to this. What is wrong with you, dude? I'm, dude, that is killer. That's all right. I was listening and to Kanye the, and Drake. The picture, like, he's serious in front of that microphone. Like, he is dead serious. Yeah, I know. He's serious about being bad, and it's awful. It's like somebody just broke up with him. He's about to drop the hardest album in the past 10 years. <laughs> Y'all can say whatever you want, man. You might also like Broadway ballads and duets, oh, Tony Awards, best oh, original score. I God, want my Broadway showstoppers, best musical winners. He's in that oh, category. Man. His album is in that yeah, category on musicals. Spotify. Yeah, he's singing oh, musicals. I'm so listening to that when I get done. Why would you all right, do that to I'm gonna yourself? go listen to Stephen Brault. You all enjoy Rami's show. Thanks, bud. Uh, yeah, well, you blame your producer. He's the one that said, hey, check this out. No, blame Tim Allen. Well, blame Tim Allen then. Perfect. Yeah. He's not listening to you either because he's listening to the Brewers game. So you got you and Sam. No, Tim has me in one ear, Brewers in the other. Yeah, he does. Tim do loves that. Me. that is true. Yep. Yeah, that, that's true. All right, Rami's show coming up next. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.